Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Kroger, fresh for everyone. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. So I promise you we're going to give you a lot on Georgia on the field on Saturday. Some of this relating to Stetson Bennett. We'll do that here coming up in uh, just a moment. I do want to tell you this, though. I want to try to see if I can get to Jeff Sintel relatively quickly into today's show because I got a lot of questions for Jeff. And when I think about like the conversations I'm having with Georgia fans right now, especially this week, and this is not like – listen – Kirby Smart, the Georgia coaches, the Georgia players, they can't overlook Vanderbilt. And to a certain extent, I'm not really overlooking Vanderbilt either. I'm actually excited about being between the hedges tomorrow. I'm looking forward to being back watching Georgia play in Athens. We don't get many of these opportunities, so you want to soak up each and every one. And I'm actually you know, pretty energized about that chance. But the conversations I'm having off the air this week, I do find them to be maybe more recruiting related than maybe the typical game week is when you are really dialed into whoever Georgia might be playing. This sort of feels like in a lot of ways the calm before the storm for Georgia in terms of a big stretch it's got of games coming up and it sort of feels like people are kind of broadening their horizons a little bit right now to think about hey what's going on with UGA recruiting and so I'm going to hit a couple of things pretty hard with Jeff here in a moment and I think you'll find this to be interesting for those of you kind of trying to think about both in terms of the final stage of the 2023 class, early stages of the 2024 class, recruiting priorities for Georgia, you know, pie in the sky dreaming in some respects. So let me kind of lay out a couple of things for you here. Guy taking a visit to Georgia this weekend. You may have heard Jeff Sintel has written about this dognation.com. Ryan Puglisi, quarterback who hails from the state of Massachusetts, plays his high school ball there in the state of Connecticut. And my oh my, is there not a lot of buzz around Puglisi right now as a quarterback of note for Georgia and a lot of folks watching that visit here this weekend? So I think the question we're going to ask Jeff here in a moment is, is Puglisi really the the quarterback to know for Georgia when it terms when it comes to to you know 2024 class a guy you're trying to bring in here is this a name to know is this the guy that Georgia sort of settled on and does that mean that the other names we've talked about in the past the Julian Sayans the Jaden Davises you know are, are all those names not kind of in the past tense and is Puglisi now the guy has Georgia settled on him does this mean that after this weekend that Puglisi might be ready to settle on Georgia the Puglisi visit, the quarterback who places high school ball there in Connecticut, coming down here is going to be a big story worth watching. We're going to ask Jeff Sintel about that in a moment. I suspect I know what Jeff's going to say, but we'll ask him nonetheless. Here is something that I don't really know what Jeff's going to say, but you better believe I'm going to be asking it. Tonight in the state of Georgia, you got a big matchup high school football between Mill Creek and Buford. Now, you know this, for those of you who pay close attention to this, that you know that's Caleb Downs on the Mill Creek side that's Justice Haynes on the uh Buford side two very big time prospects from our state who've signed up to go play from Alabama is this over and done or do we see any evidence whatsoever of Georgia still trying to get in on a on a Haynes I would say that's probably more though the position of need for me right now is Georgia still trying to get involved in a Justice Haynes at all are they still you know trying to uh, kind of get involved in a Caleb Downs at all the Haynes thing may be more realistic the Haynes thing may be certainly more of a of a position of need you know with these two big schools kind of squaring off against each other these big prospects who are happen to be good friends kind of squaring off against each other is Georgia still in the mix are they trying to stay in the mix are they elbowing their way into this discussion still on Justice Haynes is there any there there is there anything left on that and we're gonna ask Jeff Sintel about that here coming up in a couple of minutes one more big question that uh, I'm curious of we have seen Georgia maintain its big success recruiting defensive side of the ball and there's some chatter right now about what might be going on with a five-star edge guy like Damon Wilson and obviously the growing relationship between a Samuel Mpemba and UGA. What is the possibility that George could actually get both those guys here before the class is done? We'll ask Jeff about that, too. I know there's been a little bit of an internet chatter, online chatter about Wilson as of late. So we'll get the facts from Jeff's intel on that coming up in a moment. So a lot of recruiting questions that dog fans want answered. I promise you we're going to answer those sooner rather than later on today's show. So let me put a pin in that for now and kind of switch gears to the team on the field on Saturday. And I think there's something you have to be very honest about and acknowledge here for the moment. The Tennessee-Alabama game right now has a lot of hype around it. And i got to be honest with you, I'm really interested in this game. I really am. Uh, This is one of those things where in the press box on Saturday, same game time for Georgia Vandy and Tennessee-Alabama, with 
with Georgia playing, I got to tell you, I'm probably going to have that CBS app open. You know, the TVs in the press box will be on the Georgia game, and you'll be you know, using that for your replays, things like that. But um, for the uh, folks kind of sitting there around press row, you got to imagine a lot of those laptops kind of have that Tennessee-Bama game there on that CBS Sports app, and a lot of folks watching that simultaneous to watching Georgia Vanderbilt. And while you know nothing is more interesting to me than Georgia football, on Saturday, as a Georgia fan – the result of Tennessee Alabama the way in which that game plays out I think is pretty interesting I have to say I'm as the game is as, as it gets closer and closer to game time I find myself more and more interested in it part of that's because like some of the big SEC matchups we were supposed to have kind of fizzled out you know LSU's not very good this year Auburn's terrible this year you know it's supposed to be oh a big showdown between Jimbo and Nick Saban those two guys don't like each other very much but last week they played as a pretty close game but there was really no legitimate buzz about the game prior to it being played so a lot of what was supposed to be in the SEC has sort of turned out not to be very much but Tennessee Alabama is actually even bigger than it expected to be and it's kind of a throwback to back when this game mattered a thousand years ago when Tennessee was good and so there is just a little bit more energy around this game. In fact, there is so much energy around this game that it almost feels like that the number one team in the country, which typically would have a big spotlight on it and typically have a big bullseye on its back with everybody kind of watching to see what the dogs are going to do or whoever the number one team might be. This particular week, number one kind of gets to operate in anonymity, gets to do its business in the shadows while everybody's kind of paying attention to Knoxville. As Tennessee hosts Alabama, very few folks are paying attention here to what's going on with Georgia. And honestly, Georgia probably likes kind of flying under the radar a little bit on Saturday. They probably don't mind not having a whole bunch of hype and attention around them. But if you're a Georgia fan, I, I do think that you're left to conclude well, what am I watching for here this weekend? You know, what kind of matters to me in terms of how my team plays against Vanderbilt there on Saturday? And for me, it kind of comes down to this. Saturday for Georgia becomes the third opportunity to measure UGA against a common opponent that had also played last season. We've done that twice already this year. We saw Georgia play South Carolina, and I would say that Georgia was more dominant this time around than it was a year ago however when Georgia played Missouri this year now you understand that you're flipping home stadiums in each of these instances but uh, when Georgia played Missouri this year Georgia was quite not as dominant this year against Missouri as it was last year so as you continue to try to have this ongoing analysis either in a conversation you're having with friends or in your own mind about how does this year's Georgia team compare to last year's Georgia team that obviously won the national championship as Georgia tries to go for two in 22 how how does this team look in trying to do that well this becomes that third comparison point for for Georgia here this year now it'd be very hard for Georgia to beat anybody as bad as it beat Vanderbilt last year obviously throttled them in Nashville the likes of which few teams ever get the beat down so maybe the final score is not quite as emphatic as it was this time a year ago but it is a chance for Georgia to kind of keep pace with what it um what it did last season now one of the things you might say is, well, you got to remember, B.A., this Vanderbilt team is actually better than it was last year. They've already exceeded their season win total. It was two and a half. They've won three times. They have played tough opponents thus far in the uh, conference late, teams like Ole Miss, teams like Alabama. And in the case of Ole Miss, a team that's actually really been pretty good this year, for a while last week it seemed like Vandy might be poised for the upset. They had the lead. They built on that lead. Eventually Ole Miss came storming, storming back and making it look somewhat easy. But for a while last week, Vanderbilt was giving Ole Miss everything that it wanted. And so that maybe sets up this Vandy game on Saturday, despite the fact that Georgia's an enormous 30-whatever-plus-point favorite, uh, despite the fact that Georgia's an enormous favorite here, a little bit of a measuring stick because this is one of those teams that Georgia, after all, does play every year. And this is one of those teams that last week, at least for a while, played a pretty good team, pretty tough. Clark Lee's the Vanderbilt coach. You don't have much reason to know much about him. But he did talk this week about the excitement they have about playing Georgia and the hope they have of taking some of the good parts of the early portion of the game last week against Ole Miss down here with them to Athens on Saturday. This is what the Vandy coach said about that earlier this week. This team's excited about the challenge of going to play the number one team in the country this weekend. We're excited to go down to Athens um, and play in a fun environment on the road. Um, you know, and, and in the end, um, anxious to see if we can pull forward some of the positive things that we've done to this point in the season, including the first half of the Ole Miss game where, um, you know, there were flashes of Vanderbilt football. And if we can replicate Vanderbilt football over four quarters, 
we'll put ourselves in good position um, in Athens. So listen, here's what I told you earlier this week. I can't tell you that betting on Georgia to win the national championship right now is a good bet. I, I can't see the future. I don't know how it's going to end. But I do tell you, and I did tell, tell you earlier this week, that I think you'd be a fool right now to bet against them. I think you'd be a fool right now to stand up and emphatically say that Georgia definitely won't win the national championship. We have seen instances already this season where Georgia has proven itself to be very much in the same conversation with anybody in the country, be it Bama, be it Ohio State, be it anybody else. And I would say there have been moments this year when Georgia has also looked pretty similar in terms of its overall level of dominance to the team a year ago from the Dogs that won the national championship. Well, Saturday's another opportunity to provide a data point in that regard. We've seen Georgia be imperfect in games in which uh, it was playing what, what is viewed to be overmatched competition. And in Saturday against Vanderbilt, given the fact they played Ole Miss tough last week, Ole Miss is a pretty good team, and given the fact they've already won a few times this year, if you were to kind of play around and scuffle around and be less than your best against the Commodores, then maybe the game stays closer a little longer than you wanted to. But if the opposite of that happens, if Georgia does come out heading into a bye week, flex a little bit, uh, get the easy dominant win, then once again, I think confidence in Georgia fans is, I would say, would prove to be the uh, right viewpoint here on this team. So, very few people will be watching Georgia closely on Saturday. It's not a game of consequence to anybody sort of outside the uh, bubble of dog nation. The attention's on Alabama, Tennessee, but the best team in the country, at least based on the ranking, still resides in Athens. They're also the team that have the championship belt around their waist right now, too. And Saturday is a chance to send a message. I'm looking forward to being in the stadium on Saturday to see if Georgia really is truly capable of delivering it. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is uh, Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented by Kroger. Glad to have you with us, no matter how you get to us today. 9.45, we get things going on the Dog Nation app and at dognation.com for our first in 15. We join you as well, live on video, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, after that, all kinds of video platforms. And then on the radio at noon on Athens Sports Radio 960F podcast, wherever you find them, including the worldfamousdognation.com. Man, we just have so much going on, so many different platforms to have this show delivered to you. And we're thankful for each and every one of them. Also thankful to have our friends at Kroger making the show possible for you. You know, Kroger's been with us for a long time, and they love helping us to deliver Dog Nation to UGA fans wherever you might be. And the other thing that Kroger loves this time of year is getting ready for Halloween. Think about the decor you need for your house. Think about the candy you need. Some of this you maybe save for yourself. Some of this you give out to the kids in your neighborhood. Uh, whatever you do with that candy is your business, frankly. But either way, all the stuff you need to make Halloween great, you can get great savings on it at Kroger. I'm talking about scary good savings at your local Kroger here right now. Stop by in store and just do your shopping. Or if you want to begin online, Kroger.com slash Halloween for a lot more on that. That's Kroger.com slash Halloween. And you can be ready for a great, great Halloween season right there at your local Kroger. All right, as I told you before, we're going to get a lot of recruiting questions with Jeff Sintel here coming up in uh, just a minute. That's going to be a fun thing to do here. Some of these may be good news. Some of these may be, eh, <laughs> we'll have to see, uh, but we'll do all of that here coming up. Before that, though, I want to go around the doghouse. Georgia back at home again on Saturday, and we think about uh, putting you back at home or maybe a new home. We think about our friends at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. They bring around the doghouse for us here today. And when you talk about things you want to see from Saturday, what you want to learn more about Georgia, a couple of those things I would say relate to Stetson Bennett. It's clear Bennett did not have a good game last Saturday. Bennett did not throw the ball particularly well. What is not clear, though, is the diagnosis as to why. Was this just a bad game? Was he just off? Was he, as he said in his postgame press conference, just pressing too much or trying too hard? Or is there a chance that he's injured? Because there were, for those of you who watched on TV last Saturday, you know, there was some chatter on the CBS broadcast about Bennett being a little banged up, not being fully 100%. And Kirby was asked this week, like, where did that come from? Did you guys tell the CBS crew that off the uh, rec off the record and off the air that uh, Bennett wasn't healthy? Just how healthy is Stetson Bennett and that shoulder that we know at least is prominent enough that it's been discussed? And, you know, folks kind of foresaw, including our own Jeff Sintel, kind of saw, you know, Bennett on the uh, field prior to the game kind of going through a little bit of a warm-up thing where it seemed like he was you know trying to get the shoulder just trying to test it to see how healthy it was so how healthy is Stetson Bennett right now this is what Kirby Smart said on that earlier this week here's Kirby 
No, Stetson's been good. He, he he was dinged up after the Missouri game in terms of he took some shots in that game. I think he, he got knocked down a couple times. Uh, his shoulder was bothering him, but hadn't been a lot of a large limitation of any game. He missed practice time and things. Um, so he's been good in regards to that. So this is one of those things where <laughs> I think Stetson Bennett's shoulder could be falling off his body, and Kirby Smart would probably say exactly what he just said right there. So I'm not quite sure how you take that, but – it is worth watching. It is worth paying attention to him. And the one thing I do take some stock in is the fact that Bennett hasn't, as Kirby says, missed any practice time. I think that's an important element in this discussion that Bennett's still able to kind of go out there and and do throughout the week what he needs to be doing. So I'd say that means he's more healthy than not or healthier than not. But, uh, but I mean, there are a lot of folks who kind of saw this with their own eyes last week. It's where it seemed like he was kind of testing a little bit. He has talked about it some, and his obviously his level of play wasn't quite – the same standard than it's been at prior to this so you're left to conclude well is this then bothering him and I think a lot of Georgia fans will be looking to see does there appear to be more signs of this on Saturday uh, against Vanderbilt we'll be watching that closely but if we assume that Bennett is fully healthy right now the thing that I'm also watching for is more of what we saw in the second half last week where he kind of got turned loose and he had a big hole to run through they had the design run for him and boom he busted the big 60 plus yard touchdown run that's the kind of thing I want to see more of and I'm reminded of Terrence Edwards who I thought brought up a good point on our post game show uh, this past Saturday of hey not only does Terrence say he wants to see those regular traditional design running plays from Bennett but you know just also kind of throwing on the move too you know Bennett is sort of his best when he's kind of in like that sort of frantic state of hey it's crazy but I'm going to run around I'm going to keep a play alive I'm going to stretch I'm going to extend it. I'm going to use my legs and that's the kind of athleticism in which you know Bennett has a chance to kind of thrive and I thought Terrence brought up a pretty good point on that on our post game show on Saturday and once again you know going back to Kirby Smart here for a moment he was asked uh on Monday you know how valuable is Bennett with his legs obviously long touchdown he's had a touchdown rush in all but one of Georgia's games here this season that kind of puts him in a pretty good category of guys who throw it statistically as well as he's done with also the element on the ground too how valuable is that Kirby said yeah pretty valuable the kind of thing we need to make sure we get the most out of this was Kirby from earlier this week it brings the ability to make defenses play him honest you know you can't play a a guy that can take off running a certain way and if you do he'll expose you so he gives you the ability when people man match play split safety coverages he can do things with his feet third down he becomes a weapon boot let nakeds read plays where you can read and read the backer and read the flow and you know you're you're actually defending one extra uh person and we know that <laughs> defensively from some of the quarterbacks we've had to face, the the nightmare that can create. So uh, we got to do a good job of, of utilizing that skill set while also keeping him safe. Yeah, so, I mean, listen, maybe you say, well, against a team like Vanderbilt, you don't want to do that because you don't really feel like you need it. You want to save that for when you do need it. And, and I, I guess that's fine one way or another. But I just want to see it more. I just want to see this more a part of, of the Georgia story. The thing that we've been told over and over that sort of sets Stetson Bennett apart, not just from quarterbacks on the Georgia roster now and previously, but other quarterbacks around the SEC, maybe even around the country, is the fact that he does have that element of his athleticism. And I think he is actually uh, you know, a, a pretty top-level athlete, that, that, that he has that element of athleticism you got to use that. And if you're not fully using that, then you're not getting the most out of Bennett based on what the Georgia coaches themselves have said they've seen. So I do hope this is a big part of it. I'd like to see it on Saturday because I'd like to see it in every game. But I certainly want to see it as you get ready for the stretch run of games that kind of comes up after this. So bottom line here for me is Bennett clearly didn't throw the ball last week as well as he needs to. And maybe an injury was a part of that, maybe not. But whether it was or it wasn't, the best way to get the most out of Bennett as a thrower is to also make him dangerous as a runner, too. Make the defense consider that. Make the defense think about that. Kirby just said, keep the defense honest. Keep them on their heels in conflict, trying to decide what they think George is going to do. Bennett has the ability to kind of utilize a, an entire array of weaponry, whether it be throwing the ball or running the ball. Let's make sure that he uses all of that that's at his disposal. And I would say maybe even this Saturday against the Commodores there as well. That is Around the Doghouse. It's presented today by our friends at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. They believe that the best time for new beginnings is right now. Now, what's a new beginning for you? Well, it could be a lot of things. And you think about where you live now and how your life could be made better if you were living somewhere else. Maybe your family's gotten bigger. You just need a bigger home. 
or maybe uh, a job that you either have gotten or want to get or something like that. And moving closer to that gives you a better opportunity. Or maybe it's family that you live away from, but you want to get back closer to. All kinds of reasons why a new home is the right step for you as you start thinking about the end of this year and the start of 2023. Well, the best time to think about that right now and the best folks to think about when you think about making that decision are our friends at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. And it's not just the home that you live in there as well. Some of you have a business dream and you've been doing this out of your house. You've been doing this out of a closet. Listen, I know all about that. We went, we used to do Dog Nation Daily out of a closet in my house. So I know all about sort of the home-based business. Trust me, I, I do. But the next step for you may be getting that commercial property to give you the storefront, to give you that opportunity to, to, to grow even more because of more space. Well, guess what? Berkshire Hathaway Home Service can be there for you on that. Some of you want to, you know, have an investment property. You want to flip a home. You want to, uh, you know, get a rental property. Uh, you've seen that on TV. You want to do that in real life yourself. Well, Berkshire Hathaway Home Services is the one you can trust for that too. They got agents all across Georgia. They're transaction experts. They understand how to get the contract to close, to get you to a happy outcome, whether it's a new home to live in, a house you need to sell, uh, an investment you want to make. Our friends at Berkshire Hathaway Home Service got you covered on all that. So check them out online. B hhsgeorgia.com bhhsgeorgia.com that's berkshire hathaway home services they bring around the doghouse to us here today all right before i get jeff's intel let me just very very quickly say this so we have had a great time the last couple of weeks for these home games in athens they're at the uga bookstore we're going to be up on the second floor after the game on saturday i told you yesterday terrence edwards is actually going to be with us live terrence a lot of times is busy with his family can't be with us in athens at the uga bookstore but he's going to be there tomorrow so we want you to come there too we'll do like we've been doing we'll take your zoom calls for those of you who are kind of stretched out all across the place we'll let you weigh in share your thoughts on the game but if you are there on your way home from the stadium Go across the bridge next to the Tate Student Center at the UGA Bookstore and come be a part of the Dog Nation postgame show with us. Uh, An awesome, awesome time. Your thoughts on the dogs, you can share it, good, bad, whatever else. We'll hear from you after the uh, Georgia game tomorrow at the uh, UGA Bookstore uh, for our Dog Nation postgame show presented by the UGA Bookstore. Don't forget, great collection of autographs there, too. I'm going to say this real quick. So uh, Malcolm Mitchell is going to be there like he always is. He's been signing copies of his book. Also, the First Lady of Georgia, Marty Kemp, going to be with him there tomorrow on that. She was kind of the inspiration for the new book that Malcolm has written. So uh, they'll be there together. Uh, Aaron Murray's going to be there tomorrow. Rodrigo Blankenship going to be there in the early stages uh, of the day. So a uh, huge, huge collection of autograph signings. If you'll go to ugabookstore.com, you can learn more about that. But we'll see you after the game for the Dog Nation postgame show. Terrence Edwards is going to be there. We want you there live, too. Share your thoughts in the air. We'll just make it a big party tomorrow evening after the game at the UGA Bookstore. So make sure you join us for that. Now, we told you before, there are big questions as it relates to UGA recruiting. Need a lot of answers to those. No better person to give us those answers than our Dog Nation recruiting insider, Jeff Sintel. So let's talk to him about that as we go on the road with Jeff Sintel, assisted by AAA. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. Jeff Sintel, sorry to keep you waiting, but glad to have you with us on the road, assisted by AAA. Uh, a lot to get to, so let me just kind of get into it here. Uh, I told our audience before, there's a lot of big questions about to maybe be answered for Georgia, and I want to get some of those answers. But let's look backwards here just for a moment. Uh, two commits for Georgia this weekend, a 23 and a 24. Let's start with Roderick Robinson, the running back. Um, I think there's a lot to like about Robinson. Jeff, he is a lot like what Georgia already has. Um, tell me your your kind of thought on Roderick Robinson as a running back and how big of an ad this was for Georgia. Needed running back in the 2023 class. How much does Robinson kind of, I guess, fill a void for the dogs in your mind? Yeah, guys, good morning. Brandon, let's just jump in the deep end here, man. I think, I think Robinson – you know, you see the new Munkin offense and the evolution of it with these extended handoffs. You saw those catches for Kenny McIntosh in the in the Oregon game, and I think you're right. I think, you know, what Georgia has, they kind of got some of that already in Roderick Robinson. Uh, but the simple fact here is you kind of look, you got to first look at this from a couple of layers. First, depth chart. Don't expect Kenny McIntosh to be around next year. Probably, you know, it's kind of up in the air. Kendall Milton could have a very good close to – the 2022 season and you know be right there in the nfl draft mix as well and then you start thinking well that's two kind of big big backs branson robinson has shown a lot over the last couple of weeks andrew paul remember that name from fall camp 
he was even looking better than Big Branson at points during fall and during the summer. So, you know, Roderick's a guy, I think, well, first of all, I think what it does is unless one of those big names flip, which I don't expect them to happen in like a Ruben Owens. Ruben actually told me this week that he's still talking to Georgia, um, which I thought was interesting. I don't think Justin Haynes is going to flip, but you know, everybody keeps talking about, is there a, is there an under the radar back for 2023? Brent, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, kind of like it did late with Andrew Paul now. So with Robinson, you got a guy who's going to roll early, 6'1, 230, probably bigger than, uh, although he doesn't look like it, man. You saw him in, on the field on Saturday and he doesn't really look 6'1 and he doesn't really look 230 either. But, uh, putting up some monster numbers in San Diego. I think what Roderick does is, let's face it, you hear these folks on the show all the time. I listen to them each week patiently on Before the Hedges. Right? And Georgia fans get nervous when they don't have a running back commitment uh, in the class of any class, especially when it gets to August, much less September and October. And I think that kind of fills a, a really big remaining need for Georgia in 2023. I don't want to spend a ton of time talking about a 2024 commit because people are more interested in the current cycle, I think, right now. But – I like Sokovi White a lot. I know you got a great interview with him on Before the Hedges this week. Young man, the Cass Colonels, uh, you know, a great program up there in northwest Georgia, and uh, Sokovi's a big part of that. Jeff, I, listen, I don't have a stopwatch. I don't, I don't know measurably how fast Sokovi runs, but I saw him play, and on both sides of the ball, he has a lot of in-game quickness, a lot of in-game speed. This is the kind of dynamism that I believe that Georgia needs in its offense, and – I mean, I could see Sokovi potentially helping Georgia in a lot of ways, but certainly on that side of the ball, as kind of a slot receiver type, I'm guessing, I think he's a pretty interesting prospect for UGA. I, re- I really like Sokovi a lot. So, Brandon, I want you to lean in close here and keep the receipts. I don't think Georgia has signed – I don't think Georgia has signed a 10 better football players, football players here. We know what the special meaning of that term is. I don't think Georgia has signed 10 better football players than Sokovi White. Maybe in the last two years. Wow. Um, Sokovi's a guy that, you know, 5'9", 172, Brandon, he's, he's stronger than almost every offensive lineman on his team. Uh, I love this story about him, Brandon. Yeah, he can run a 4'5". Yeah, he can catch touchdowns as a playmaker, at receiver. You know, most people look at him as like an Isaiah McKenzie type. I love this story. Brandon, you were, you were at this game. You were calling this game at the Corky Kell. When uh, Caden Lee, another wide receiver, I yeah. think it's really special, going to have a special college career. He was roasting. He was roasting the Cass Colonels. He had them on the run, and then at halftime, Sakobi goes over to his head coach and he says, "I want him. Give him to me." And Sakobi decides he's a quarterback for the rest of that game, and his job is to blanket and lock down uh, Caden Lee. That's yeah. exactly what he does. I think he had one catch, or I think he had no catches. Meanwhile, Sokovi's also played on the other side of the ball. Brennan, he's a 300-pound bench presser. He's probably 430 right now on the squat. He's a 260-pound clean. Going to be one of the stronger players that skill players Georgia has coming in. Brennan, he's got a lot of Heinz Ward. That's a name I don't think people have mentioned a lot. He's going to block. He's going to be physical. He's going to jump out the gym. He is a guy that you sit there and you go, forget all this three-star stuff. You want an explosive player for your offense that can do that Lab McConkey stuff, that can maybe return some punts, that can go go score three touchdowns in a game for Georgia and the SEC. And, you know, you know, flush those rankings. I don't believe it when it comes to Sokovi White because he's only going to get so high at 5'9", 172. But I think he's going to be one of the really special players for Georgia over the next three or four years. Sort of moving on here, one of the, I guess, the big things to keep in mind for the Vanderbilt game coming up on Saturday from a recruiting standpoint is that Ryan Puglisi, the quarterback out of Connecticut, visiting here. Um, it seems like uh, Puglisi and Georgia are becoming fast friends. I know you've written about Puglisi at uh, dognation.com. Tell us what we need to know about this. Is this the future for Georgia at the uh, quarterback position, at least in terms of the uh, recruit of note at that position right now? Yeah, Brennan, it feels funny. Let's have a big chuckle about this. This might be the show where we say, you know, those five stars are a big deal, but right now with Sokovi White especially – and then Ryan Puglisi, that, he's a three-star brain, and he's rated like the number 24 quarterback in the country. Forget about it, my man. I wish I had a better Northeastern accent than that, but forget about it, man, because this young man's coming down to two schools, really, Alabama and Georgia. He picked up those offers in back-to-back days. 
205. Brady's going to run about a 475, which is pretty good speed. Uh, he throws the ball. He's told me he's launched the ball 73 yards before. Brady's right? also a baseball player. I wouldn't say he has Spencer Strider's fastball, but he says his fastball has been clocked at 93 miles per hour. So that legitimizes the arm. Brennan, he's in Athens this week. He's bringing the whole family. He's told me that he's had a private leader for a while. And then the last thing that maybe potentially could bode well for Georgia fans is his pin tweet is his offer from the University of Georgia. Those are a lot of ducks in a row starting to march and line up, which makes me to believe simply that this could be a very impactful visit uh, for Ryan Puglisi and his family. So here's my question, and like I'm not – I mean, I just am curious. Like, how good is he, and how good do we know that he is? You know, playing you know, kind of prep school ball in Connecticut. No disrespect, it's just a little bit different level of uh, of football. Like, what is the evaluation process process for a guy like Puglisi, and how has it been that after talking about you know, Sayan and Jaden Davis, and at one point in time Dylan Rayola and all these guys. That suddenly, you know, that conversation is now over. Puglisi is the guy that we're currently talking about, and he may go on to be the next, you know, I don't know, Tom Brady for all for all I know. But but how does a process, uh, you know, take place like this, where kind of suddenly he just sort of emerges, and everybody else sort of just sort of gets pushed to the past tense? Yeah, it's a good point. I think Brandon, we, what we've watched on the field kind of plays that out a little bit. Uh, my theory here, and uh, I think it's pretty sound is watching Stetson Bennett over the last two years has convinced the Georgia coaches that they'd love to have a mobile quarterback. I don't know if Julian Sayed is that mobile. Uh, the thing that I would think that would, you would be stamped and certified on Ryan Puglisi is I think back-to-back offers on back-to-back days from Alabama and Georgia. Also, Munkin went up and saw him this spring, loved him, loved the way he threw the ball. Uh, he came back. He asked him to come back down to Georgia for a camp. Uh, and really, Brandon, these offers come really fast. A lot of these offers come right after they see Ryan Puglisi throw. He's just got one of those arms that's different. The ball takes off. This work, this work, this weekend works out well for him because Avon Old Farms is a prep school, like you said, in Connecticut. They normally play on Saturdays. This is the one Saturday that Puglisi has off with his family. Uh, he came with his coach and uh, earlier this summer when he got the offer. Uh, this time he's bringing the whole family. I mean, Brandon, you look at him on tape, and there are a couple throws where he can, he can cover about 40, 50 yards in the air with a pass, and the thing is like a frozen rope. It's, it doesn't really go higher than 10 yards over the, up, up over the air, uh, 10 yards in the air. So that's why 10 feet in the air. So that's why I think the arm talent is there. He's got a skill set. And you see him making a lot of these off-platform throws that are the vogue now in terms of you throwing it like a middle infielder. He's a shortstop. He's a closer. He's a third baseman. Kind of what you want now at the quarterback position. And, you know, he's a young man. We wrote about him this week on Dog Nation where we talked about what motivates him. He says he looks at the game, even with all these physical tools, and he looks at the game, basically, that the, the position of quarterback is about 85% mental. That was very interesting to hear a guy that can throw a ball 93 miles an hour uh, to say that when he's got a golden arm like that. And then maybe the last thing, Brandon, is – when Alabama and Georgia are recruiting you every day, that's why I, I can say most folks, most common, sensible, logical people can tell that three-star ranking to kick rocks. So we've got a really good game on Petrie TV tonight between Cambridge and Cal. There's also another big game this week in the state, uh, one of many, obviously, but uh, a big game between Buford and Mill Creek, and I have a lot of attention on it. Now, Jeff, i got to ask you this, and you know, I've asked this before, and you've given me the wrong answer, but I'm going to ask you again and give you a chance to give the right answer this time. And I, <laughs> I kid on that. I'm assuming that the Caleb Downs thing, that's just done, right? Because, I mean, you just don't see a lot of evidence that, that, that Downs was ever all that into George. At least I don't. So I'm assuming that's done. But how about the Justice Haynes part of that? High-profile game tonight. You've got to imagine a lot of college coaches going to be there in the building for uh, Buford Mill Creek. Obviously, you know, the two five-stars here, far from the only elite prospects. You know, Buford in 24 is loaded, obviously. But is Georgia still recruiting Justice Haynes? Is there still a candle in the window for Georgia and Haynes at all? Brandon, I think it's done. Uh, you know, never say never in college football recruiting. But I think that candle in the window, Brandon, uh, the candle in the window is probably in Scotland 
and we're here in we're here in Georgia, and it's really windy today in Scotland, and uh, the, the the window is open. I, I, listen, Justin's just a, is just a very personable kid. He's a very professional kid. Him and his family, uh, they're they're not the type of they're not the type of family that's going to sit there and tilt at windmills. I think they're happy with the Alabama decision. I think they're happy with what is building there at Alabama. They got the answers they wanted over the summer uh, from Nick Saban that made a lot of sense. And you know, Brandon, I know I know it's it's probably still the wrong answer, but it's the answer I have, and I'll stick to it. I just think Alabama and Justice Haynes, that just feels better to Justice and his family, and that's really all we can say on that. You know, I think that, I mean, it's, it's certainly an honest answer. It's certainly, certainly fair to uh, to say, and I felt the need to ask anyway, even though that uh, Justice is in kind of that sort of high-profile spot tonight with the big Buford and uh, Mill Creek game, one of the bigger games in our state here uh, from a high school football standpoint here this year other elite prospects you know last week it seemed like georgia did a really good job with its visit from damon wilson the uh, five-star edge out of florida and we know that georgia seems seems to be in pretty good shape the same moment pimba there too and i think there were a lot of you know visions of sugar plums dancing in some georgia fans head about the idea of ooh, could you kind of add a Mpemba and a Wilson here to this 2023 class? Well, it also seems like the online chatter has kind of moved the other direction when it comes to uh, Wilson a, a a bit there. So have Georgia's dreams of adding both these uh, big-time five stars? I mean, at this point, it seems like Mpemba and Georgia are in really good shape with each other. But is the dream of adding both these five stars kind of falling by the wayside a bit here? Brandon, speaking of tilting and windmills, I think the online chatter for for Damon Wilson over the last seventy two hours is probably like a hummingbird drunk on Red Bull, man. I mean that thing is back and forth. And you know, by week last week, Ohio State uh, basically got got to go down there uh, visit visit watch practice. Basically, there are really limited rules on stuff like that they can do. I would expect Georgia to use their use their off week this next week to also do the same thing. Brandon, it's one of those things, one of those things, man, that probably going to last a long time, probably going to take a while. Uh, Damon Wilson, Damon Wilson has expressed the fact that he would like to finish this up, not take, not go the distance until mid-December on that one. But, you know, Brandon, this is, this is one of those recruitments where I think, I think Damon Wilson has, has his eyes on two schools. And now we're in the name, image, and likeness era, and we're going to see what happens to the finish line in terms of who's going to create the best opportunities there for Damon Wilson. There you go. <laughs> Sometimes it uh, goes down that way. Hey, I got a couple more things I want to ask you, kind of big picture stuff here, uh, kind of related to this and beyond here in a moment. Before that, though, let me remind folks that we're on the road, assisted by AAA here today with Jeff Centel. We get the uh, recruiting scoop from Jeff every Friday on dog nation daily and one of the reasons he's able to do that's because he's out there traveling and visiting with these recruits throughout the week and when you're on the road i want you to think about triple a there as well or when you're at home i want you to think about them there too because obviously they protect us when it comes to being out in the road and they can protect us in a lot of ways when it comes to insurance but specifically with your home insurance there are a lot of great incentives for you getting your home insurance through triple uh, a one of those is claim free reward now here's how it works you're going to earn cash back every policy year that you remain claim-free. So they want to reward you for things going well, and that's just a great incentive, a great way uh, for you to take advantage of everything that comes your way when you get your home insurance through AAA. So check out AAA.com slash home insurance. That's AAA.com slash home insurance. Or give them a call, 833-718-2075. That's 833-718-2075 for a branch near you. AAA. A great resource when it comes to your home insurance needs and a great name to know here as we go on the road with AAA each and every Friday here uh, on Dog Nation Daily. All right, Jeff, kind of big picture here thing, a couple of things here to kind of, uh, I guess, bring all this to a close. So uh, you kind of uh, gave us some bad news there a moment ago about Damon Wilson. How about a little bit uh, different kind of recruit? How about a guy like, say, uh, Chris Peel here, the defensive back? It seems like there's been some chatter there on that with georgia as of late is that a name worth watching here in this class of 2023 right now yeah certainly brandon it's been that way i think uh chris peel has done his due diligence uh brandon i don't know how would you like to add another uh another defensive back to the fold that's over six feet sure. that runs a four four sub four four that also makes a lot of touchdowns on on friday nights as a running back well coached by a great staff there at providence in uh, North Carolina, Charlotte. I visited there this summer. 
he's a guy that's got that rare gear, Brandon. He can play in a lot of spots. And online chatter is what it is, but I knew when I spoke to him, he's always told me that he needed a little bit of time this fall. He wanted to take some more visits. Michigan, NC State, Georgia were kind of the really big schools there. And I would, I, I'm sure you know this, Brandon. I know you're that Montgomery Burns Indian is talking to you, but oh, yeah. I'm sure you noticed that Michigan insiders are now putting in crystal balls this week for Georgia. Certainly says a lot with a Chris Peel, a guy that Brandon. How about this? Let's keep some receipts on this one. He was one of those guys that was in Athens for that first week of June when names like Downs and Manning and Shanahan and Wilson and and AJ Harris yeah. and, and Gabe Harris. Those guys were in town. Chris Peel was also in town, and maybe maybe the ledger about swings and misses and hits and uh, you know whiffs will, will start to balance out a little bit better from that huge weekend where I think Kirby Smart even told the group that that was the biggest weekend for official visits in Georgia recruiting history, at least during his time there. And Chris Peel would be another guy to add to that defensive back class, Brandon. That I would say, man, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give you the the honest words that come to my mind. That class is going to be stupid. When you add what they're going to do at linebacker, what they're going to do at defensive line, all three levels. I mean, it's almost like on the defensive side of the ball that, you know, Travion Scott, Glenn Schumann, uh, Kirby Smart, Will Muschamp, Fran Brown, they're literally just one-upping, which was an epic class last year from the year prior. And when those 2022 and 2023 guys are going to be on campus, both about two or three years each, and that's, you know, 2023, 2024, 2025, the dog's defense is going to be at unrivaled height in Athens, man, and I feel comfortable saying that. And then finally this, this is coming from our listener request line. Um, earlier this week, <laughs> Raymond Cottrell uh, t- tweeted about a surprise coming, and uh, it was kind of uh, sort of done in a sort of a pro-Georgia way. What do you think Cottrell was uh, referencing when he said that I was asked to ask you, and now I'm asking you? So Cottrell had a couple. Uh, the other one, the listener request line needs to get on um, for the quiet storm here tonight at the end of, uh, at the, end of the sure. uh, Brandon, Brandon Adams' Dog Nation Alley, but Dog Nation Hour. But uh, remember that he actually tweeted out a photo of all those boys together. Cottrell was there together in that first week, and they were bathed in the LED red lights. Brandon, funny, that's probably the biggest application of the red LED lights. <laughs> So far this season in Stanford Stadium for the for the for the June official visits, but he said not everybody's going to make this picture that's going to make it to Athens, but the ones that do are going to matter a great deal. <clears throat> I think he was trying to articulate and be a little coy way of saying that somebody in that picture they were feeling pretty good about. And I think we've already referenced that discussion back and forth about you know what's possibly popping down the line. Um, for the 2024-2023 class. I will say this, Brandon, and I want you to keep this and kind of simmer on it, percolate it over it. Maybe it gets a little cold tonight in the press books at Kell. I want you to think about this. Um, Deuce Robinson, five-star, he sent, he dropped his highlights out this week uh, on, uh, on Huddle and on, across social media. He actually lists himself as a wide receiver now. Okay. And Deuce Robinson has always done like wide receiver type things. But uh, his his senior season highlights, he's usually flanked out wide as a wide receiver, Brandon. He returned a punt for a touchdown at 6'6", 220. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tell you this. I want you to imagine that he was talking about Deuce Robinson, and I think that will keep you warm for the next couple of weeks. If he takes another visit back to Athens, Brandon, if Deuce Robinson takes another visit back to Athens, uh, that might be something serious as a closing boom for the uh, 2023 recruiting class in Athens. Something to think about because uh, Georgia and its offense can certainly make use of a guy like Deuce Robinson, who's almost exclusively playing at wide receiver anyway in his high school in his high school offense already. That is a fun way to close out this conversation. That does give us plenty to think about right there, Jeff. Great stuff. Thank you for being here on the road, assisted by AAA. Look forward to uh, getting a chance to chat with you again very soon. Obviously, staying very close to DogNation.com for all the recruiting information that is no doubt on its way here in the coming days. Hey, man, have a great one. Uh, Safe travels, and I'll see you in Sanford. Yes, sir. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. That was good. That was pretty much exactly what I thought it'd be. Uh, You know, I run the Justice Haynes thing up the flagpole, didn't get the salute, didn't really expect to. 
Wilson thing, eh, you know, sort of seems like that's, you know, kind of fizzling here right now. But positive news there on Robinson, uh, interesting stuff on Peel. Wheels kind of turning here for some for, for some interesting things. I don't really quite know what to make of the Puglisi thing. I'll totally be honest with you on that. But a lot of people I trust, a lot of people who I think are very smart, think they believe that Puglisi is a very good player and they know more than I do. So I'll just sort of let them, you know, kind of carry the day here right now on that. But boy, there's a lot going on with Georgian recruiting for both the 23 and 24 classes right now. So there you go on that and by the way stay close to the end of the show here today when we get ready to do our uh, golden shoes because we got a couple of cruise related golden shoes to uh, give out and of course want to remind you there is still time for you to get on board with us independence of the seas this april for the second ever dog nation cruise we leave out of port canaveral on independence of the seas going to nassau on the bahamas going to perfect day coco Cay. and i was told this that actually they've kind of, this is kind of a cool thing that royal caribbean has done uh, they've extended that $100 onboard credit offer for you. So the $100 is cool because, you know, obviously if you're with Dog Nation, you're probably running a big bar bill. That's just kind of the way that goes. You want to go to some of these specialty restaurants. We love to eat, uh, you know, shore excursion, things like that. Having fun when you get off the ship. All of those things that you're purchasing onboard the ship can be used with this $100 uh, onboard credit can be kind of used for that. Now, there's a lot of things that are coming at no additional charge. I mean, honestly, most of what you enjoy kind of comes at no additional charge when you want to kind of have an additional extra experience certainly the onboard credit helps you with that so you can get going on all of that also had a great conversation yesterday with someone who's like hey ba i'm gonna be with you in december you know i'm taking a little bit of a short cruise in december and i'm excited about that and just kind of bumped into somebody yesterday i'm gonna be on the same ship so we are looking forward to getting ready for all of that I i gotta have things to look forward to in my life i just do i love my job i love my family i love the day to day experience you know of just being alive but it all goes better when i got things on the rise that are gonna be really really fun i like to work hard and like to play hard and the uh cruise experience allows me to do that so i like having these things to look forward to we reach out to my friend jessica slater our travel agent specially selected for us by royal caribbean you can have the same kind of uh, experience to look forward to that i have lots of royal caribbean cruises over the course of the next year for me so give jessica slater a call 770-718-9147 that's 770-718-9147 or visit the website that she's made to help educate you about our dog nation cruise it's called royaldogs.com that's royaldogs.com and you can be with us in april on independence of the seas you can book a couple other cruises like i have and get ready for a lot of fun in the caribbean as we kind of look on the other side of this football season can't wait for that all right with that said let's dive in here now and let's get some of the big picks on some of the games here this weekend we'll give you even more thoughts on this tonight when go with the flow shows up on the uh, dog nation video channel 7 30 p.m for that tonight but before that though here's kind of a little bit of a taste of my thoughts on this i'll give you all the games that we're going to pick tonight on the show brief thought here starting with georgia 38 point favorite against vanderbilt there on saturday at least that's the number when we pick the game kind of at 38 so i'm going to operate on that here for the moment i don't think this game is going to be close i don't really you know concern myself too much with the idea of georgia you know playing a closer than it's supposed to be a game against vanderbilt but at the number 38 i certainly can't advise you to go out and bet that number you know could georgia win 37 to 3 or something like that maybe so is georgia definitely going to cover the 38 i would say that history suggests that's not a given that is not a rubber stamp situation at all georgia 0-9 in its last nine home games when favored by 38 or more points that's against the spread this actually predates kirby smart eight of those belong to smart one of those happened in 2015 before he got here you gotta go all the way back to 2014 to find an example of georgia covering a home spread this large so that enough might be to kind of keep you away from this game i also told you yesterday georgia has not been great in the week prior to an off week under smart either and this is something that kind of matters not every trend does but when you think about resting injured players or you know looking ahead to tougher games in november the bye week typically comes at the same time for georgia you look at zero and seven against the spread in games before a bye for uh, smart at georgia one of those was in 2019 when you actually had two off weeks there's a little bit of an asterisk next to that but you've also got two outright losses here a loss to vandy in 2016 a blowout loss to lsu in 2018 which has not been great in off weeks i think you have to factor that into your opinion on the point spread for saturday once again you can think georgia wins easily without believing that it covers and i'm not quite so sure i believe it will cover nor do i think tennessee covers against alabama on saturday either i'm operating on the assumption that bryce young plays and that bryce young plays at less than 100 but honestly i don't know that i think that young is required 
to win this game for Alabama on Saturday. One of my best bet picks, one of the, the things I like best of anything on Saturday is the under here. Depending on where you found it, we got it at 65 and a half earlier this week. I like under on the Tennessee-Bama game. Alabama establishing a defensive game plan, playing offensively in a way that it helps its defense. And I believe getting after Hendon Hooker in a way that nobody has thus far this year. This game I expect to be lower scoring than most of the experts think it will be. And also a chance for Alabama to kind of reassert itself here a bit. This, for me, just too much too soon for Tennessee. We said that when it comes to a point spread play against Florida earlier this year, we were right. We thought last week they were ready to at least go on the road and earn a win against LSU, and they did so in kind of flying colors fashion. But that doesn't change our opinion here. This is a big step up in weight class. It's the kind of thing that we don't think the Vols are just ready for. Look, last year, as a home underdog, three instances last year for Tennessee under Josh Heupel, they were 0-3 against the spread in all of those situations. So Tennessee's clearly been better under Heupel. They've exceeded overall expectations, but they haven't overperformed in the spot of being an underdog, especially when playing at home. That's something to keep in mind here as they try to shock the world and beat Alabama, but they're not going to shock me here on this. I, I just don't see it happening. I'll take the Crimson Tide minus the points here in this spot. Take a look at Kentucky, uh, Mississippi State here for a moment. Another situation where the quarterback playing is is kind of up in the air. We don't know if Will Levis is playing here or not, but we do see Kentucky as a very large home underdog here, six and a half points earlier this week. Mississippi State's been pretty good on the road uh, when favored. They're, you know, at least, you know, not embarrassing themselves. They're two and two in their last four under Mike Leach as a road favorite here. But Kentucky has been very good as a home underdog. Four and one against the spread in their last five when uh, getting points at home. That dates back to the start of the 2019 season. So Levis status uncertain. Mississippi State's had a good season thus far, but a lot of the success has come against backup quarterbacks. I'm going to take a flyer here on Kentucky plus the six and a half. Also outside the SEC here for a moment, big game nationally pits Penn State against Michigan. Really first game of note for Michigan here this season. They were a bigger favorite at home than I sort of expect them to be. They've been good against the spread, nine and four against Big Ten foes dating back to the start of the 2021 season. But Penn State's been very good against the spread on the road, seven and two in their last nine against the number in true road games ultimately my side here is Penn State I like Penn State plus the points I think they might actually win the game outright here's what it comes down to for me based on analytic stuff position in the human polls and everything else Michigan is having a very good season they're eighth offensively in the ESPN FPI data they're 15th defensively in that same metric but all of this is coming against the number 95 schedule overall according to ESPN the overall strength of schedule numbers for Penn State, not necessarily much better than that, but they have proven themselves on the road a couple of times. They got the blowout win against Auburn. Auburn's not very good, but it's still not easy to blow somebody out on the road. And they won week zero at Purdue. Purdue's a team right now that's four and two. There are only two losses coming against a ranked Syracuse and a ranked Minnesota team. So winning at Purdue, covering the spread the way they did, kind of a late drive to seal it. That tells me something. It tells me that plus six and a half, there is very big value on Penn State right now. I will take them there in that spot. I'm also going to take Oklahoma State uh, over TCU there too. And one thing to keep in mind with this, uh, Mike Gundy's been very good against the spread. I'll, I'll tell you more about that on Go With The Flow tonight. But also keep in mind this, Derek Mason, you may have forgotten, is the Oklahoma State defensive coordinator right now. Watch him and his attempt to kind of shut down what has become a very high-powered TCU offense. Keep your eye on that with Max Dugan there at quarterback. Watch what Mason does here and realize that he chose to leave Auburn of his own free will. Apparently wasn't getting along with uh, with Brian Harson. chose to leave and just take whatever job he could get. He went to Oklahoma State. Cowboys defense played pretty well with Derek Mason as its coordinator. They got a big chance on Saturday. And if you want to kind of continue to diagnose what has gone wrong for Harson, not being able to get along with guys like Mike Bobo, who's obviously a big boost to the recruiting efforts, not being able to get along with a guy like Derek Mason, who's clearly a defensive mastermind. When the Harson story is finally told, his inability to establish relationships with guys who know more about the SEC than he do is than he does is going to end up being a big reason why that was the case. And watching Mason coaching for the Cowboys on Saturday will be more proof of that. We'll make that cruise and run the SEC, courtesy of our friends at Royal Caribbean. And we'll also remind you. If you know more about picking games than I do, you probably do. You can show how much you know by opening up an account with our friends at my bookie. 
and getting some action on, down on those games here this weekend. You can be a winner before you even place your first bet because when you sign up for a brand-new account at MyBookie, they're going to give you a big deposit bonus up to $1,000. Here's how this works. Let's say you put in $500 in your account. Well, MyBookie is going to double that for you. They're going to put $500 in there for you there as well. And so you literally have more money in your account than you started with. You're a winner before you even win your first bet. Then after that, you simply play, you win, you get paid. It's winning season at MyBookie. You can bet on anything, anywhere, anytime. Here's how it works. Uh, just let the internet do the work for you. Just sort of type in MyBookie to your browser. It'll take you right where you need to go. When you get to MyBookie, use the promo code DOGNATION. That's all one word, spelled the way it's supposed to be, D-A-W-G. Sign up for your account there with our friends at MyBookie. Get the big deposit bonus when you use the promo code DOGNATION. As I said before, after that, you play, you win, you get paid. With MyBookie, it is as simple as that. Hope you enjoy the weekend. Good luck with your picks, whatever they might be. Great slate of college football. Way more even big games when you had a chance to pick. You got some fun stuff in the ACC with Florida State Clemson. You got Utah USC. You got Florida LSU. This is actually a really, really deep weekend of games. So whatever you're watching, whatever you're picking, whatever you're betting on, best of luck to you with all of that. And by the way, speaking of the weekend, around here, we also love the weekends there as well because it's a chance to tailgate. It's a chance to have a great time. And for us, it's a chance to have a big finish to our week presented by the Finish Long Drink. I love being in Athens on Saturday and seeing all the folks who have that finished long drink right there in the cooler, having themselves a good time, enjoying time with friends. That is what the finished long drink is all about. And I love seeing all of you enjoy that each week here too, including Will Reed, who sent this to me last week. And I just think this is awesome. He says, uh, BA down here in St. Simons for the Georgia-Auburn game with the finished long drink. Hashtag go for two and 22 hashtag go dogs i love to see that from will reed right there on the beach got his braves hat on got the long drink uh traditional can right there in his hand that's the grapefruit flavor the gin kick i love saint simon's no better place for college football saturday than right there on saint simon's and glad to know the finished long drink is flowing there on the georgia coast that is awesome so will reed thanks for sharing that thanks for sharing the hashtag go for two and 22 and I am certainly glad to see you enjoying the finished long drink. By the way, if you want to enjoy some yourself, do what Will did. You can go to thelongdrink.com, put in your zip code, and find out where you can pick some up today. Bars, restaurants, golf courses, everything in between in a place like St. Simon's. Uh, you can do it all and try the cranberry, the long drink strong, which is 8.5% alcohol by volume. Long drink zero, no carbs, no sugar. Long drink traditional in the blue can. Got the grapefruit flavor, the gin kick. Try it today. Enjoy it. You will be so glad you did. It makes every weekend better, and it can make the week feel like the weekend when you enjoy yourself some finished long drink. Enjoy that as we go on the ride to go for two and 22. You better believe the finished long drink will be flowing the entire time there with us. All right, so some fun golden shoes to give out to you here today as we get ready to say goodbye. Let's go ahead and throw the first one up on the screen. We'll give shout-outs where they are due on all of that. All right, we'll get that going here. Uh, there you go. Uh, yeah, Bubby Dean, obviously looking forward to tonight being back on Peachtree TV. Uh, my partner, Rusty Manzella, me, Bubby Dean, watched us on Peachtree TV last week, and he sent the snapshot and the shout-out. Uh, Bubby, we appreciate you tuning in there on Peachtree TV, and thanks for your support for Dog Nation there as well, and uh, just great to see. So that's awesome. Bubby, we'll give you a golden shoe there for that. Also, how about this from our friends over at Rutland Farms? You do these, you know, kind of uh, – with corn maze things this time of year and uh they've kind of made theirs uh, i guess this is real it's amazing that people can do this the keely ringo interception we've seen a few of these that's a uh, pretty impressive stuff there from our friends at uh, rutland farm so we'll give them a golden shoe there on that also speaking of the dog nation cruise how about mitt layton how about uh ness baldazon a lot of folks kind of joining us here on the uh dog nation cruise mitt saying he just signed up for it in april couldn't be there last year but ready to do it here this year excited about meeting the entire dog nation crew mitt we're excited about me meeting you uh ness says that he just booked a stateroom on the independence of the seas gonna see you on board cruising with royal caribbean hashtag dog nation cruise so ness mitt everybody's gonna be joining us there this upcoming april we're really excited about all of that we'll give you golden shoes there as well how about the lousy stinking gators got their hands full against florida on saturday 5,027 days that's how long their ineptitude has stretched a uh, long time national title drop for them 
And then 15 days from right now, it's getting close, folks. 15 days from right now, Georgia back in Jacksonville, beating up on those lousy, stinking Gators again. You love that. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the game. We'll see you after the game at the UGA Bookstore and back here on Monday for Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger. Talk to you then, everybody. And on the podcast, I'm going to have the RS Andrews podcast cool down. We'll take your comments on Twitter at Dog Nation Daily in the comments section of dognation.com. I was looking at some of the comments to some of the Bama, Tennessee stuff on the side. I saw where SP Dog wrote in to say that Bama uh, Tennessee game reminds me of the Alabama Ole Miss game from last year it's the type of game where you expect it to be close expect a lot of points only to see Saban's team actually win by 30 I, I, I just don't see it as a one score game between Bama and Tennessee this week he says either Tennessee wins in a squeak or, or Alabama dominates by three scores and you've heard me say already this week I think the latter is more likely to be true I'm also kind of fascinated by what Georgia fans would rather have happen I've heard from a handful of them and said on the one hand, you always root against the SEC East just for the logistical practicality of you know wanting to gain an edge in the division race. That makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, I think a lot of this is also geographically based. You know, if you live over in West Georgia, you probably don't like Alabama very much. No matter where you live, you probably don't like Bama very much. But closer you get to the I twenty corridor going towards Birmingham, the more you really do hate Alabama. You live up north, heading towards, like, say, Dalton, Chattanooga, into East Tennessee. You don't like Tennessee very much. And so I think some of that's based on which team you want to hear kind of chirping the least and all of that. But as, like, BDW 3184 also kind of points out, too, it is a little bit of a precursor to what Georgia's going to be dealing with, whether it be in Athens a couple of weeks, presumably in Atlanta a few weeks after that. And from that standpoint, the Bama-Tennessee game is going to have a lot of attention from Georgia fans here this week and sucking some of the attention away that might typically go to the overall number one team. I think Georgia's probably kind of fine with that right now. This is for Georgia, kind of that calm before the storm. You get through the Vanderbilt game, you rest up next week, you try to get guys as healthy as you can. Don't know yet. You know what that means for an A.D. Mitchell, you presume maybe good news. Jalen Carter, maybe it takes a little longer than that for him. You're not quite sure about all of that. Uh, but pretty soon, the same level of attention that's going to an Alabama, Tennessee, Georgia's going to be playing in the kind of games that get that attention there, too. And my expectation is Georgia will be ready for them when they come. But uh, some work to do right now just to uh, get that. All right. So good stuff. Thank you so much for being here today for our podcast. Cool down. Big thanks to R.S. Andrews, who makes it all possible. Air conditioning, heating, plumbing and electric. They can do all that for you. They show up on time. They do the work that's promised. The price is promised. You can check them out today on that. And uh, it's going to be actually pretty warm this weekend. AC unit's still working. You may be worried about yours working as well as it's supposed to. So find RS Andrews. Get that air conditioning unit tuned back up to factory fresh specs so you can feel good when the weather is warm. RS Andrews can do that for you. And we will see you back here Monday for Dog Nation Daily presented by Kroger. Enjoy the game, everybody. We'll talk to you then.